You're listening to episode 167 of the FitzPro podcast, and today we are going over whether or not you should have a group aspect to your program, whether that is one-on-one, whether that's a templated program, whether that is a course, a membership, it does not matter. Today we are diving into what goes into considering having a group aspect, what that might make sense for, who that might not make sense for, and all of that good stuff. So if that applies to you, hopefully this episode is helpful. Without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs aka not your average fitspo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a fitspo. If you are a coach in the online health and fitness space and you're wanting to grow or refine your business, I have made a free on-demand workshop for you. It's called Your Biz Your Way, three steps to build a profitable online health and fitness business. And you can sign up for that at anniemiller.co backslash workshop dash register. And that is always in the show notes if you would like to check that out. While you are over on the site, whether you're a coach, a trainee, or a entrepreneur, go to anniemiller.co slash resources to get all of the freebies that I have created for you. There's downloads and things of that sort. So make sure to check those out if you have not. And then before we dive into whether or not you should have a group aspect to your program or not, I would like to thank Legion Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. I have been so grateful to continue to take the supplements that I want to take and that are, you know, safe for me to take throughout my pregnancy. I have been taking the protein in the morning every single morning, basically since I got into my second trimester because it gives me 20 grams of protein right off the bat. They're naturally sweetened, so there are no artificial sweeteners in them. They taste great. They don't upset my stomach. I just love Legion. They have 100% formula transparency. I talk about this every episode because that really does back up their claim of being scientifically backed with their ingredients and their dosages. So if you are in the market for supplements, go to buylegion.com, B-U-Y-Legion.com and use code Annie at checkout to save 20% off your first order. And if you already love Legion, but you would like to support me, then you can still use code Annie and get yourself double Legion reward points. So today's episode comes from what feels like an expectation, even with one-on-one, to have some kind of community aspect to your offer. I hope to keep this episode somewhat short and sweet. We'll see. You know that I'm long-winded, so bless your heart for sticking with me. But I really just want to give you some things to think about in order to make the best decision for yourself, whether you do or don't want to have a group or community aspect of your offerings, or maybe you have it for one, you don't have it for another one. You know, these decisions are not mutually exclusive. So one One size does not fit all here, much like most things in business. So you could have a large group community aspect of all of your clients across all of your offers if you have more than one offer, or you could have a separate community for each one of your offers. So like private communities for each one, you could have it for only one of your offers and they could absolutely have nothing no community aspect to any of your offerings. None of these are right or wrong. We are going to help you determine 
what is the best choice for you, your offer, and the business structure that you have. So let's get into the different types of communities that you can have because we need to know that in order for you to then say, yes, I want to have a group aspect or no, it's not necessary. You can have it from the loosest terms just as a group that people join when they are in one of your programs. There's no structure to this. People can ask questions or you can maybe post like weekly wins or something once a week, but there is no expectation of structure or aggressive value being added by this group. That for me is the most loose way to have a community. It's there, if people wanna use it, the expectation is pretty low. There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually the type of community that I prefer to run myself. It's also the type of community I prefer to be a part of. That is what you will find if you join either my peer programming course or my Fitzboro Foundations course. It's just a communal place that people can ask questions. They can get feedback from either me or other people in the group. And I absolutely adore these groups that I do have. The more extreme approach to having a group aspect to a program is when your clients join at the same time. So there's a cohort, there's a launch, people are coming in at the same time, and there is a structured group aspect. So maybe it's group calls on a monthly basis, or it's that you go live every week and the program is active, or there's something specific that they are learning on a timed schedule, on a planned schedule, and only the people in this particular round or cohort are involved in the calls. So it's a specific community for people who are in the offer for a certain period of time. Then we have the in-between. So really take any aspects of each of those types of groups or communities, and you've got the middle ground. So maybe everyone who has ever joined this particular program is in the group or community, but different people have different access to certain areas of the platform. This is possible on platforms like Circle or Slack. You could also have a community where everyone who has ever joined has access to it, but you do go live or teach on a topic every month forever and everyone is invited to that. And then maybe in an ideal world, you archive those calls somewhere, they're recorded so that when someone new joins, they can go back and access those past calls that they missed on a given topic. Sharing these three types of communities or group aspects is really just so that you can see that you have options within deciding if you want to have a group aspect or a community aspect or not, and you don't have to go balls to the wall with a group or community. There is a spectrum of you being involved in the group, the demand on you, which is typically the concern for most people, is that time commitment. Now, on the flip side of that, I'll ask you some questions that will hopefully lead you to a yes or no answer, or at least closer to one of those. First up is I want you to look at whether or not your service or program requires or benefits from a group aspect. We go over this inside my Fitzboro Foundations course. This somewhat depends on what is already involved in the offer or service. Does the group or community aspect fill a needed gap? It may just not be needed and that's okay. And it also might be the missing piece, but that's completely up to you and your offer and what is involved in that. So it's very important that you're very, very crystal clear on your offer and what is involved and what the deliverables are and where the value comes from. Again, this is something we go over in offer development inside Fitzboro Foundations. You will determine whether or not you have a community piece or if it's needed. The next thing I want you to think about is whether or not your ideal client or niche desires to be a part of an active community or if that's not necessarily needed for them. 
in order to find success and enjoy your program service offer, whatever it is you're giving them. Speaking from a personal experience, I used to have a community aspect to every single one of my offers. And the fact of the matter was that my ideal client just didn't use the group for the most part. I am sure that I could have absolutely cultivated more interaction, but that's also not something that I'm uber passionate about. And when push came to shove, it just wasn't needed. It was an extra thing that wasn't actually adding value to the offer, which kind of goes back to my first question. I ended up getting rid of the group aspect which may or may not be changing in the future, because it wasn't adding value. Now there's a way in the future, again, you can change your mind at any time to add that value. Um, Someone else will be running that group for me, but that is something that is coming back, coming in the future, and it's going to add value to Built by Annie, so stay tuned for that. So does your ideal client or your niche desire to have a community aspect? You can straight up just ask your audience or current clients if you feel like you have no idea. Just ask, inquire, and if they want to be a part of a community, do they want a loose community? Do they want something where they're actually learning something like scheduled calls and things like that? That should help you make your decision there. Another question worth asking is, do you want to manage a community or group? Do you want that? And then to what extent? Because that may help you determine what type or model of group or community you have if you resent having to check in on the group, having to post in the group, then maybe let's not have one. It's not the end of the world. I don't think anybody's going to not join your program because there's not a group aspect. To piggyback off of the other two points, if you determine that your program does need to have a community or group interaction, you can then ask to what extent? Why is the group needed? Where, where is the value going to come from? And what model of a community fills that gap best? For instance, I have a group aspect of Fitzbro Foundations and my peer programming course because both of these courses do not have a live portion to them. They're evergreen courses, they're video trainings, they're workbooks. People don't have direct access to me. So having the group community allows them to post questions, get feedback from other coaches as well as me. They get feedback from me on a weekly basis. It also brings connectivity to people who are going through the same process and in the same season, which does add value to both of those courses, peer programming and Fitzbro Foundations. In my other programs where people have access to either myself or an assistant coach, I don't find the group aspect to be adding that much. It would have to bring some specific value. So I hope you can see the distinction there and why I would choose to have a group aspect with one and maybe not the other. The last question I would ask is, is community a driving factor and value of the offer or service or your brand as a whole? For instance, I have been a part of memberships in the past where the community aspect is literally what you're paying for. It's the bread and butter. All of the value, the connection, everything comes through the community. Now, that doesn't have to be true for your offer in order for you to value community, but it's worth asking, and that's just another example. So is the community piece a driving part, or do you want it to be a driving part of the offer? One of my one-on-one business clients has a business called Women's Strength Society, and community is a massive, massive portion of her business values, and she 
you know, needs that in order to do what she wants to do with her business with the society. So creating that camaraderie and connectivity amongst her remote clients is very important. In a perfect world, that's also important to her ideal client, right? They need to value that as well. And if they're working with her company, they probably do. Again, I mentioned that this would likely be a short episode, but it is something that comes up a lot within conversation with entrepreneurs who are building their online health and fitness businesses, building their offer, whether that is inside Fitzboro Foundations or just in my DMs on Instagram, it can feel like you have to have a Facebook group community or you have to have a Slack channel when you come up with an offer, even if it's one-on-one coaching. But that just is not true. A group aspect is not required. And I think that if it is added, it should be something that really adds value, that's filling a needed gap. And in other words, just don't add a group aspect for the sake of adding a group aspect because you think you should. Like, let's let's dissect this a bit. Let's make the best decision for our business model, for the offer model, and for our ideal client. That does bring me to one last little quick note. So if you determine that you do want a community and that it really adds value to the, your service, know that that's something that you can charge for because it does add legitimate value. So you can tack on a value to that community piece and either you know, add it as a bonus, position it as a bonus, or charge more for that service because of this aspect. As always, or as I say with content creation, think about yourself as a consumer and what groups you've really enjoyed being a part of and which ones you haven't and why and then use that information to help you determine what you will and will not do with a group or a community. If you loved this episode or support the Fitzboro podcast, if you would like to support it, there are free ways to do that. I am very appreciative. So leave a review and give the show five stars wherever you listen. I have seen a few new reviews pop up in the last few weeks or so. So thank you guys so much. I seriously do appreciate the support. If you are not on my main mailing list, go to anniemiller.co slash news and you can choose between Annie's Weekly Wisdom and Annie's Daily Dose. I don't sell you anything on those. It's literally just some philosophy, a little kick in the pants to get some action going. Until next time, I am Annie Miller and thank you so much for tuning into the Fitzpro podcast. Pro Podcast.